1: It's only films to be buried with. The new season! Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. We're back with a brand new season. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a waiter, and I love films. As Roy T. Bennett once said, pursue what catches your heart, not what catches your eyes. But on the other hand, do go see Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves because it's really delightful. It's actually fantastic. Fair enough. Good point, Roy T. Bennett. Well done. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Sharon Stone, and even Cred Blambles. But this week, it's the brilliant comedian, actor, writer, novelist, and movie star, Isad The Osho. This week, you can get the full Season 1 of Shrinking on Apple TV+. You can also get, at this point... The first four episodes of Ted Lasso Season 3, also on Apple TV+. Watch them. Love them. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you get an extra 20 minutes of chat with Andy. We talk about secrets. We talk about beginnings and endings. You also get the whole episode uncut and as a video. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So I've missed you. Hope you're all well. Thanks for hanging around. I've started with this episode because Andy Osho is amazing. I love this episode so much. She was a brilliant comedian, started out around the same time as me. She left comedy, or certainly took a break from it, to go on an amazing journey. She made huge decisions for her mental health, and for her life, and for her spiritual growth. You'll hear all about it on the episode. I think she's fucking brilliant. She's an incredible actor, she's a movie star, she's all of it. Anyway, this episode's amazing. We recorded it on Zoom. It was so lovely to talk to her and I really think you're going to love it. So thank you, and welcome back. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 242 of Films To Be Buried With. Hello, and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor, a writer, a novelist, a screenwriter, an award winner, a stand-up comedian, an international liver, a, a woman, a hero, a legend, a rising star, and a soaring heights. Please, she's here. She's real. Can you believe it? I can. I'm looking right at her. She's on the show at last. Please welcome... It's show. Oh my gosh. What?
2: I mean, can can that be the whole show? Just that intro? (laughs) That's it. And then just like, we'll send out a PDF of a list of films or something. (laughs) Like that, I mean, I'm done. (laughs)
1: That's not a bad idea. A little PDF. I mean, no one cares about the film bit. They just want the intro. How are you, Andy Oshay? I'm very well, thanks, Brett Goldstein. How are you? I'm good. Now, I'm in LA. You're in England. Mm. We're recording this on Zoom. I've got so many things to ask you, big things, because you, if I may say, Uh are fascinating. There, I said it.
2: Oh, wow, it's out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the truth is out. And I sometimes think of you, if I may, Mm -hmm. sort of like you're the George Harrison of uh, the UK comedy scene, (laughs) like... I think you started in in comedy. You like soared away, huge news started TV, you know, and then it seemed it looked like you left it all to go on a yeah. spiritual quest. <laughs> and I yeah. and I love that, and I'm so fascinated by it. And yeah. and then you suddenly what you were suddenly I suddenly saw you in a horror film, an American horror film, turned up in with a perfect American accent. I was like, wow, what's happened? Went on a spiritual quest, came out a horror <laughs> horror icon what can we talk about this and then you write yeah. the novel I mean who are you what a life
2: <laughs> right so I'm kind of but there's actually three of us
1: that's oh, okay. the truth that of it. Makes...
2: yeah I'm one of three triplets I mean that's how triplets come uh, anyways isn't it but um that's really funny that that's that's what it looked like from the
1: yeah Just to I mean, me I, I haven't discussed it I haven't checked with other people if they yeah <laughs> Yeah, But I was always fascinated because you were so... I'm interested in people who are naturally very good at something and do very well, who then decide it's not making them happy. I assumed it didn't make you happy or something that's, was missing. And it's uh, so interesting.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I, I started as an actor and then I said to myself, mm. like, I wasn't getting any love kind of from the industry. I mean, I was a bit. I was getting auditions, but I wasn't like mm. landing any roles. So I was like, what can I do that will let me have a bit more control that i'm not waiting for someone else's approval before i can do the thing that i love and then and that's how i got into stand up and i think when i started i don't know about you but i felt like it was a bit of a game i was enjoying the game of it like ooh that joke right. didn't work what can i do to make it work ooh that worked and then i moved that and like it was almost like this really interactive puzzle almost <laughs> and that's and funny. and so so I, yeah so i really enjoyed it in the early days and i remember the first time i got paid and i was like oh Oh, <laughs> this has changed everything. Cause now, uh-huh. now i yeah, because now there's a contract.
1: Yeah.
2: Do you know what I mean? It's not about now my you puzzle. Can't,
1: <laughs> you can't lose the game.
2: No, exactly.
1: Exactly. No, it's like I've been paid to win this.
2: Yeah. And I and I remember going around going, Oh, you know, I think that's me. I'm out. This is like about six months in. And and uh, you know, the people was like, You're not, you 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 clearly love it. So so you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna tap out now. And then I kept going and then it just, it just blew up. Like I mock the week was the first thing that they were really the first people that backed me in a, in any meaningful way that sort of got me out there. And then it sort of, it's almost like that was the endorsement that other producers (laughs) needed. Mm. Oh oh, no, we were gonna have you on our show before. We always said, we always said. (laughs) Yeah. So then it, yeah, it just sort of snowballed. And then and I realized only recently that it was actually only a couple of years that I was doing all the panel shows and the Apollos and Ooh. all that. And then, round about the start of 2012, so my first mock of the week was beginning of 2010. And then, round about 2012, I was like, man, I'm unhappy. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and that was probably because that year I did my second live at the Apollo. I did, you know, a couple of mock the weeks, probably, and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. But I, I've never been more... I mean, that was the worst of depression I've ever had and I, I yeah. have had it before and uh, yeah so I I did basically what you said and I, I I took myself away and just had a little think about what do I really want because there was this big chasm opening up between who I was on stage I even referred to her in the third person sometimes of like who yeah. that person is and who I am the gap was getting bigger I didn't dress like her I didn't talk like her I didn't yeah. do you know what I mean she was she was just someone I, I not only did I not recognise but I just I didn't have the energy to, to be her anymore
1: do you know what I mean so yeah do you can I ask you that was that like in terms of your sort of consciousness of it was it like you were just busy 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 and then like one thing happened and you were like fuck I'm unhappy or was it (laughs) actually you were feeling consciously unhappy for a long time
2: it was more like it was a growing sense of something but I didn't name it and then right. actually I, I, I was on a course and I, it's sort of like a well being course kind of thing. And I came out of the other end of it. Everyone else is kind of euphoric at the end of this thing. And I was yeah. literally in despair yeah. and to yeah. the point where the facilitator kind of called me, called me in. And he was just like, what's up? Because, <laughs> you know, he was so used to people leaving this place or leaving this yeah. like weekend program in, in quite a sort of altered state and just like different perspective on the world. And I was just like, uh, I think I might just, <laughs> I think I might be done with living, <laughs> you know? So it was like, oh yeah, it was God, really, yeah. it was really bad. I had to stop working actually. And, um, I had gigs booked in and, and actually I was mm. going to do, you remember that, um, they don't do it anymore, but that channel Four great Ormond street. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. A, night of a million comedians. Um, yes. I was, I was booked in to do that. I was like, I can't do it. I, you yeah, know, it was like everything, everything out of, out of the diary. Cause I was in such a, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like I just, it wasn't a hard, abrupt stop. It was more like I, yeah. I, it sort of petered out. So I came to the States, or went to the States, should I say? I went to the States and I still did some, I, I was still doing gigs, but I had this feeling like right. I was coming, I was running out of road as far as that was concerned. Because, you know what it was, Brett? It was that I realized that I, what, there was more to me than I was being, a, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say allowed to do, but there was more to me than I could share through just being a stand-up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like creatively, there was more that I had to offer. So I just felt like that that's the end of that journey for now. It's not like I'll never go back. Maybe I will, maybe I won't, but right. it felt like at that point there wasn't any more that I, I could do. I mean I, I was talking to you know Luke Tilson. He said, well you basically clocked the game and mm. then you got out and it's kind of it, it sort of did be a little yeah. bit it's like what what more can I because no one you know at that time and even still, it was very difficult for somebody like me, a woman, a black woman like that to get mm. their own vehicle, And so you ended up in loads of other people's vehicles but 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 there's only so many of those that you can do before you're just it's it can be quite unsatisfying, do you know what I mean like constantly the pan, the whole panel show carousel can get quite quite yeah. um, sort of frustrating if you feel like there's more that I could give than is <laughs> I'm being yeah. allowed to to sort of express
1: can I give you a theory that I have about yeah, please well, I wonder if particularly because you were sort of picked young, as it were, as in yes. fairly new, and it was like, oh, she's good, we should we should put her on TV. That often TV comics, what what happens in sort of mainstream TV comedy, I think, is that personas, comedy personas become two-dimensional mm. because it's much easier to do in, a, in five minutes and three minutes in, a, in a one night. It's like, here's the grumpy one, like Jack D, he's the grumpy one. There's Michael McIntyre, he's the posh one. Like, it's just you reduce that person... To a sort of one attitude that is funny and great, but on TV they become often reduced to a kind of bite-sized Mister Man character. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's good. And and if you were early on funneled into this, you you were a person, and then you were like, no, you're a TV comic. Can we reduce you to your this and this and that's it? Yeah. And maybe that's why you felt this isn't me. I want to express all this stuff, and th- and I do believe stand-up is an art form where you can express anything, but not in broad mainstream TV, it's almost impossible. It's so rare to, I can't really think of an example where you go, that was a really complicated, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like a really yeah. fascinating character we just met. It's more like, that was the angry one. That was the yeah. the silly one. That was, the, you know what I mean? That's really, really wise. And yeah,
2: I, I can really see that as well. And I, I used to have these sort of <laughs> sort of fantasy, Daniel Kitson type fantasies that, oh, one day maybe yeah. I could just, write a show about what I'm thinking and feeling and not be censored or feel <laughs> any. And then I go, no, you got you know what I mean? Because I, 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 yeah. I, I'd almost gaslit myself into thinking, yeah. oh, I, I have to do all these things. I have to do the panel shows. I have to do all these silly kind of uh, panel show pilots that were really sometimes quite, not humiliating, but like not gratifying really in any way. Yeah. Sort of. Because I told myself, I, I had this belief that that was what I was supposed to be doing. Do you know what I mean? But actually, yeah. it, I, taking myself away made me realise, oh, I can, I can do whatever I want. There might be a cost, as in, you know, financially or intensive, I don't yeah. know, career progression or status or whatever. But sometimes for your mental health, that cost is, in fact,
1: always for your mental
2: health, that cost is worth paying.
1: Yeah. Amazing, Andy. So can, can you tell me a bit about the positive second half of that story? Of like going on your spiritual quest, like at, at what point were you like, oh, I'm starting to feel like this is
2: yeah, this is so better.
1: like how, how you yeah go on.
2: So I guess those years in LA, and I was sort of coming back to the UK, and I got myself a little kind of career coach who was talking me through my experiences because it was very, it looks like I went off, you know, and then and, and came back and and got all these like cool, fun roles and things. But actually there was a lot of soul searching, a lot of like, I, I remember having like Skypes with my mom of like, and saying to her, I know I'm meant to be here, but I don't know why. But more tears than that. um, She, you know, she desperate for me to come home because it's just like, well, if you don't know, if you don't know why you're there or whatever, if you haven't. And you're crying. Maybe that's not where you should be. But I just knew that I should be. And actually... Looking back, what I realized the time was about was about shedding things, that shackles, basically, that were holding me back creatively, finding my confidence to call myself an artist. I would have been embarrassed to say that at the time that I I left, you know what I mean? And like explore the things that were creatively interesting to me rather than what I felt like I should be doing, because that was the opportunity that had been placed immediately in front of me. And yeah, just re- releasing myself from any burden to be something that I thought other people thought I should be. Yeah. So coming uh, home, as it were, in a sort of literal sense, but figuratively as well, it wasn't like I was flush with work <laughs> when I was in the States. And in <laughs> fact, I did work in the UK to sort of kind of bankroll the experience. Right. Um, but at the end of it, I realized that what I gained is a real deep. Confidence and belief in myself and my ability to do the things that I knew would light me up, rather than the, doing things that I felt like I should, and that was a bigger gift than if I had worked loads. Actually, wow. you're a
1: fucking hero. Oh. Do, you, do you do you have a sort of practice? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, like, do you have like a routine? Because you seem, you know, you seem wonderful. As oh, in, you seem very sure. happy and positive, and and you seem in a very good place. Is it? constant work to be in that place as in do you do you do things like I meditate every morning I work out like what do you have a thing or are you just generally um, I feel much better
2: I think to say I have a practice would be generous to myself (laughs) (laughs) it's more like but you know someone said something to me once about you know, just beginning again. Because people, like, if they want to say they want to start working out, they'll go and then they, it might peter out and they'll think, oh, I failed. I failed at going to the yeah. gym because I'm no longer going. You just begin again. And that is what it is. Yeah. It's not It's not a, It's not not necessarily a constant. So my practices are all beginning again. I start meditation and I go, this is it. This time, this is the one. <laughs> this is where you catch me doing it every goddamn morning. <laughs> and then after a month, I'm out. And then I start (laughs) again and I forgive myself for that falling. And then I kind of think of other things as meditation, like I journal and that, yeah. So as a writer, I realized that actually maybe sitting still (laughs) with my own noisy brain isn't the best way for me to meditate. And I've realized that maybe Mm. writing but doing it in a conscious way, maybe that can be my meditation. And, and as long as you're bringing consciousness to it, then it can be a form of like quietening the brain and, or listening mm. to the, observing the movement of the mind. And that's really what meditation is. It's not about sitting in silence or, or your brain going quiet. Yeah. I, that's impossible because of just biomechanics or whatever, but like, or neuromechanics, yeah. but like just observing it, that can give you just that slither of distance that you can be with your thoughts rather than be them. So that's, yes. yeah, so that's the practice well being. you know, like I don't drink as much as I used to I have, I like a glass of wine every now and again, but not a caner basically like I have been and <laughs> eating well, you know, all the cliches, but they like accumulatively, they make such a difference. I mm. feel like I'm observing for my mental health. It just makes a huge difference. And, and I've seen the cost of not looking after myself in those respects. Yeah. So that, that's really all it is. It's a personal thing of like, does this cost me? To not look after myself in these areas. If you can get away with it, then please have at it. Live your life on my behalf. Yeah. You know what I mean. But like for the most part, because of the way humans are built, we can't, we can't really not for a long period of no. time.
1: Handy or shy? <laughs> I have forgotten to tell you something, and it's so annoying. Oh god! Oh god! As long as, long as long to to it's not
2: something silly see. like I've
1: died or something like that, that would be. Annoying. Um. Well. Ah. Oh, shit. Well, it, it actually. Oh don't.
2: Hmm. Oh don't. Oh my God, it's I such eat. It's a shame so you've come so far.
1: <laughs> I know, and you meditate, you journal, and you work out, but oh, you've oh, died.
2: Oh, God. I You're thought dying. if I made noises over you saying it, it wouldn't be real, but <laughs> it is real. Dead. Ugh.
1: Dead. Hate it. How did you die?
2: Well, I don't think it'll be a health related thing. And uh, here's why <laughs> I think, yeah. think it will be I'm clumsy in a way where <laughs> the thing escalates really quickly. Like I could be at one end of the bathroom and drop something and somehow it ends up in the toilet. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, I don't have (laughs) a lot of accidents, but they're always like kind of low-key spectacular like that. Like literally (laughs) just before we started recording, I tipped over um, a glass, a whole glass of water and it started spilling over the edge of the table into uh, a a socket. Of course there's an electrical socket immediately underneath the table. So it'd probably be some domestic related accident like an electrocution or falling off a roof or out of a window, something like that. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> Would you like to pick one, Mr Bean? Do you die like Mr Bean?
2: <laughs> yes, I'll die silently from electrocution. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, do you worry about death?
2: Yeah, now I do. I've, I've just turned 50, like, uh, what is it now, three, two Get months ago? Get the fuck out of yes, it! Yes, mate. It's happened. <laughs> shut your face I know we're all heading there so. shut your <laughs> 50 year old face 50 and two months yeah
1: yeah yeah get the fuck out of here
2: tell you what though it's enough to make you think about life in a different way I don't know if all 50 year olds will concur but I had this real sense of like oh this is I mean literally this is not a drill this is this is it now and it's all from here mm. on it's about dying well Doing the things that you really oh want to do. Not getting caught up with the things you don't want to do. Losing the people that are no good in your life. <sighs> surround yourself with good folks. Eating well. You know, do you know what I mean? It's about dying well.
1: Oh, my God. That hit me in the, <laughs> in the guts. Oh my
2: God. You got me in the guts. Well, you wait till you turn 50, it's going to be a sucker punch in the face.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, God. No, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Well, I mean... Uh... I don't want to be that person, but you look in your twenties. I oh, bless you, <laughs> so whatever you're doing is great.
2: not electrocuting myself.
1: yeah, hold off on that for a bit. I reckon I reckon you've got a few more in you. what nice? do you think happens when you die?
2: I saw this meme that I rather like that said something like, maybe the white light at the end of the tunnel is you coming out of someone's vagina. <sighs> wow, yeah.
1: I love it. Uh, straight back round. Straight
2: back round. Maybe that's what it is.
1: I think that is what it is, but I do think you get a little gap in the middle.
2: Well, the gap, because it's outside of time, because obviously time is a man-made yeah. construct, the gap it's can just, be infinite. Uh, the gap yeah. can be, you could go somewhere else or whatever, but it's in. you're in mm. infinite, no time, no space, and then there you are, pop out again. Oh, I've
1: been born. Someone I spoke to the other day, said that you come back three times. And I was like, I don't think that's right. I think you come back a billion times or it's once. Yeah, when you're... Three, a, three seems like... Yeah. Well, I guess rule of three, rule of three, maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe.
2: three, it feels like if we're talking about the, the oneness of all things, then it's got to be none mm. or one, really. <laughs> three right. feels like that belongs more in mythology rather than like...
1: Yeah, three is. seems like you haven't really experienced all the things in three. Only you know just know keep I mean?
2: looping around and, and and maybe you can yeah, take I a little so. break, and you you know. I just want to be part of the oneness for a bit, and then all right, I've heard, that's enough, yeah. and then you go back in again.
1: <laughs> God, I tell you what, that's enough oneness for a bit. Kiss every back
2: Exactly. Oh <fucking laughs> all fuck it. You're wound out.
1: Her. all this oneness. <laughs> Jesus, give me some space, guys.
2: <laughs> I want to be two.
1: <laughs> I'm an introvert. <laughs> well, there is a gap, yeah. and it's called heaven. You're Ooh. in it. You're welcome. People are very excited to hear you. Yeah. See you and watch you. Oh. And they want to... It's filled with your favourite thing. What's your favourite thing?
2: Probably pasta. Mm. Oh, and my puppy, of course.
1: Okay. It is filled with your puppy as if your puppy were made of pasta. So it's like a spaghetti puppy. <laughs> Pretty cute. Yeah. Pretty cute, actually. Just the right temperature and uh, <laughs> solidity. Little pasta puppy. Yeah. Run around everywhere. Everyone's excited to see you. They want to talk about your life through film. Oh. First thing they ask you, it's odd. First yeah. thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Andy Osho?
2: I think it was some kind of Disney situation. And my <laughs> <laughs> my feeling is it was probably The Rescuers.
1: Ooh.
2: Yeah.
1: Lovely. Doesn't get talked about enough in the Disney chat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go on your Disney WhatsApp thread, which obviously I'm an all of them. Yeah. Rescues don't come up a lot. No. Good film. I mean... Tell me
2: more. I, I don't remember very much about it because, you know, I must have been really young. I don't even know when it came out. But I, I, I was thinking about, you know, when my mum used to take us to the pictures and that, because I wonder if it was just a little bit of a respite. She was a single mum, three kids. It's kind of like right. just... Just quiet for, for two yeah. hours, and the, and in those days, you know, there was the little short or whatever featurette that they'd have at the beginning. There'd be an intermission, yeah. ice creams, and all the rest of it, and then the main event. So we could be there for half a day, sort of thing. But um, wow, yeah, I don't remember the film, but I remember being absolutely captivated by film. And I mean, later on, I remember seeing Annie and crying all the way home and being so confused that what had happened up there had affected my heart so much. That, oh, and so man. I was trying to hide it. I, was, I remember, like, being in the car <laughs> and my brothers mm-hmm. were on it and I was, like, <laughs> like crying out of the side of it. Because oh I, I was so embarrassed because I was like, how could I have been affected by, by that? Wow. Yeah, it was, like, a really, like, bewildering moment of just, like, it's too... It, why is this having this effect on me?
1: Wow. So there's t- three of you?
2: Yeah, so I've got three, two older two brothers. brothers, yeah.
1: Oh, you're the youngest? Oh, wow. I'm the youngest. Um, where was this?
2: This would have been, this would have been, I think it's called the Gemini or something like that, or Genesis in Bow. It didn't used to, it was yeah. called something else, but there's a, yeah, you know, like between Stepney and like near Stepney. Like and White the Ch- Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Now tell me this. Mm. What's the film that made you cry the most other than Annie? Annie is a... Stone Cold Classic. Oh
2: yeah, oh yeah. Is
1: there another? And uh, did you get better at crying, or are you still horrified and embarrassed by it?
2: Funny enough, the one that I would actually say is the film that's made me cry the most. I cried in the same way of almost like overwhelmed by my <laughs> overwhelmed by my cry, and it was <laughs> it was Moonlight.
1: Oh man, and what a fucking film, uh,
2: right? And and so I went like I got an a, a, an invite to a screening. So I I didn't really know what it was. I wasn't aware of Barry Jenkins' work. And so I went and was I mean you know blown away doesn't even cover it. But then there was a Q and A after, and everybody was there: Michelle <laughs> Ali and I think I think Naomi yeah. Harris was there. And obviously Barry Jenkins. Uh, and I was just, I remember just looking up. <laughs> To try and see if I could balance the tears in my eyes, because otherwise I was gone, and I wanted to ask a question, but it would have been like, "Have you got tissue?" So I couldn't. <laughs> so yeah, that I mean, that was uh, yeah, uh, it was almost out of body experience. Yeah. How moved I was by that by that film, because for me, and I, I've listened to his films to be buried with um,
1: it oh, was like it, t- top, top three. Oh my god
2: such a great episode and for me Moonlight was about finding your home and it wasn't about a place Ooh. it was about a person and yeah. so eventually that character finds his home in the person that has been his home this whole time but like he just didn't give himself permission to yeah. to feel it to go there or you know whatever so yeah I was just I don't know why that resonates so strongly for me but it was just like yeah, I'm done
1: oh don't you um,
2: <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay, Dr. <Carlson>. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I can't see where that would resonate with you, having heard your story. Hmm. What a strange coincidence. Yeah, yeah okay,
2: all it's right. This <laughs> funny it's guy. a very
1: good film. <laughs> <laughs> it was just objectively
2: uh, quite enjoyable. It's just a good
1: film. What <laughs> about being scared? What's the film that scared you the most?
2: Well, um, you kind of mentioned it already. I mean, apart from the obvious, I'm very susceptible. <laughs> absolutely terrified Uh, those mises. (laughs) oh man um yeah you mentioned it already well i I was going to say i am susceptible so pretty much every horror film even if it's not meant to be a horror i'm terrified but um one day my agent messages me and says oh you know this director wants to wants you to come and read for his film here's a short that the film is based on and he just sends me a youtube link so and it's daytime i'm at home And I think nothing of it. Okay, yeah, good research. Have a look at the film before I go in. So I hit play and it's the short of Lights Out. And have you seen it? Yeah.
1: Oh, I haven't seen the short.
2: The short short is so simple. It's basically this woman going to bed and she turns off the light in the hall. And then at the end, she just sees this figure. She turns the light back on. What the fuck was that? It's gone. She turns the light off again. The figure is moved closer. I was, even now I could just, my, (laughs) because I'm so susceptible and that is something that I do fear is like someone, something at the window or breaking in or something like that. I was done. Uh, That's And and to me, like proportionately, that's the, the film that scared me the most because for something that's three minutes long, and I couldn't even, I had to push the computer away to be able to watch it. As soon as I got what the, device, what the conceit was, I was just like, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, in terms of proportion of, uh, you know, length of movie to how scared I was.
1: time for fear, hands,
2: yeah. Uh, hands down, it's lights out.
1: Well, great film. It was great. <laughs> how was your meeting then when you went in? Were you like, fuck? <laughs> i mean yeah
2: it was good he's yeah very david is very sort of chilled out he's uh yeah but yeah it was uh, well i got the job so it must have gone all right
1: you did very that's where that's where i was like i got what when i i went to sit around. i was so excited to see you Hmm.
0: apple card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card you earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day that's three percent on your favorite products at apple 2% hacks is back for season three and so is the official hacks podcast in each episode hacks creators lucia and yellow paul w downs and jen statski speak with cast and crew members to unpack the emmy-winning comedy series
1: What is yeah. the film that you love? However, it's not critically acclaimed. Most people don't like it. But you love it uh, and everyone's an idiot.
2: You, you know what? I, I, I think this is a really tricky question because I've got you know, exceptional taste. And so... <laughs> 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 For me, it usually goes the other way. Is that, like, there's films that everybody loves. And I'm just like, I'm mm. get it. I just uh, I'm not going to get it. <laughs> like... Wolf of Wall Street. You know what I've noticed as well. I think it's films where I'm going to say it's like toxic masculinity basically going unchecked. Because I think it's possible to make a moral film about an immoral person, but if you make an, yes. an amoral film about an immoral person, it's just like How is that a contribution? And it's you know, it's not my place to critique Scorsese, but like I feel sometimes that certain films like the Joker maybe, and where, where mm. m- male characters have made choices and they go unchecked. Because you can have people, you can have characters do all those dreadful things, I believe, but the film standpoint, I, I, I resonate more if the film standpoint is, but that's wrong, obviously, right? Yeah, Whereas yeah. In, in movies where that doesn't happen, I'm like, so what are you saying? Yeah. And so there's certain films that have been very popular that have been that, that sort of amoral film about uh, an immoral character. Mm. And I've been like, guys, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not into this
1: one. Do you know what? I I'm with you. I think I'm I'm almost completely with you, except for I went to see Wolf of Wall Street and I felt the same way you did. I was like, I don't like this film. This seems like a sort of mm. sort of bad intention film or something like that. And then Maybe a year or two later, it was on TV and I just sort of started it. I I sort of flicked onto it and I thought, this film is fucking brilliant and I've totally misjudged it. Mm. It's so funny and actually, I think it is all the things. It's just quite clever because it kind of goes presented without comment, but they're definitely the bad guys.
2: Right. (laughs) They're definitely, definitely
1: the bad guys. And actually, the Kyle Chandler, who is the good guy. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's actually quite subtly done In like the final moment with him having having achieved what he set out to achieve and yet he's just on a subway on his own in a like shit, wearing shit clothes in a shit place because the system is rigged against the good people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I was actually like, this film is, I think it's a brilliant film, but I really hated it the first time. I was really like, this seems like a morally objectionable. And then the second time I was like, oh no, it's very clever.
2: That's really interesting because I, I feel like Ooh. I sometimes don't want to believe that revisiting a film will, will have you see anything yeah, different. Yeah. And it's just totally not true, is it? Like, you can go back to things and just go, well, how did I miss that? So yeah. I, I'd very much like be open to revisiting it. But that was my experience at the time of yeah. watching it. it was just like, yeah. I, I'm with
1: you. It was also much funnier than I'd... Once I was on board with it, I was like, oh, this is a very, very funny film. Uh-huh. Like it's a, but it's, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is the thing of, I think he's kind of, in a way he's going, I trust you. The audience, I'm not going to spell this out. Yeah, like you tell me, you what you love this guy. You want to be like this guy, okay? Yeah, Here you go here's all this stuff.
2: Yeah, here's it. Here
1: it is, warts and all.
2: Okay, interesting. All right, anyway. I'll, I'll revisit. Um, because uh, also uh, off the back of your podcast, I did actually because Barry Jenkins's uh, answer this was Last Action Hero, so I oh, okay. I, <laughs> I went and because re- I really liked that at the time that it yeah, came out, and um, yeah, I was sort of yeah, I was surprised that it didn't get any love, but yeah. I I thought it was all right. I was all right to leave it in like 1995 or whenever it came out. I was like, okay, no, 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 that belongs back there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what about the film that you used to love, but you've watched recently and you've thought, I don't like this anymore? Maybe you've changed. Oh,
2: do you know, this is going to be a controversial one, except for, I guess, fans of the Big Bang Theory. But like, I loved Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. But then, and I, and I, you know, I sometimes have a little Sunday afternoon, like, you know, go and visit, revisit a classic. And I watched it and I was not into it at all.
1: Oh, God, I can't, I can't hear this. I know. I'm so sorry.
2: I don't even, I can't even believe I'm saying it. Why?
1: Why? I I don't even want to know why.
2: No, I, I don't even think I can bear to say the words. (laughs) (laughs) How I was feeling. I just, but but don't they say on the Big Bang theory that like there's like he doesn't advance the plot at all isn't there some like an episode where it's like this is this really controversial theory that one of them has that like Harrison Ford's character doesn't actually advance the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the plot at all but uh, that wasn't that, Yeah he
1: makes no difference to the uh, yeah. in the, in the end
2: Yeah
1: but that's quite fine dude.
2: Yeah I just didn't I just I'm going to just say I didn't enjoy it that's that's what okay. it is
1: well, that's all we've got time for. Oh, Thank you, Andy. Man. and it was going so
2: well. It was going so well. I know, I know. So I know. Well.
1: What is the film that means the most to you? Not because the film is good necessarily, mm-hmm. but the experience you had seeing it will always make it meaningful to you, Andy Osha.
2: Gosh, I could cry even just thinking of the moment, but it was, uh, it was, uh, it was probably, yeah, it was Black Panther. Um, oh. Gosh. Yeah, because. You know, you know, there was a lot of conversation around when that movie came out about, you know, representation and mm-hmm. how much that matters. And also the fact that it's set on the continent of Africa, but also that it, you know, it it includes the diaspora in the storytelling. You know, like Killmonger's story is so, it's, yeah, yeah it's so vital. And then so there was this one moment where it's quite early on in the film where... Tanai Gurira's character comes home and she says, we're home. And then just Wakanda just opens up and yeah. it's just, I, I just, oh, I was just so, that went into my soul, just that image. And just watching a movie where there's scenes where everybody's black, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. In a in a blockbuster yeah. movie, like, I, I think when you've been used to seeing yourself represented, the impact of Black Panther, I, I, I think probably is, it might be difficult to comprehend like how significant Mm. that was to see finally you or people that look like you represented in, in that way as all powerful and brilliant and smart and sexy and strong. You know, do you know what I mean? Uh, And and, and, and having governance over their, um, their path and, and making decisions for themselves without any interference or, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that was that was very big. That was a, a very sort of powerful moment. And then that same day, so I, I, I was uh, filming on something, and we were on night shoots. So I, I went to I got up at about midday, and I was like, oh, what can I do in my day? We're going to be filming probably from about six. So I was like, I went to see Black Panther, and then we had a, a call from production saying, oh, you know, tonight might be snowed off, sort of thing. It might not happen. We might not be filming. So we all got all the cast got together, and we're like. Oh, should we go and watch a film? Uh, yeah, great. What do you want to watch? So I went Shape of Water. I was like, "Girl, bye." I just went to watch Black Panther again. <laughs> just, I mean, you went twice in one day. Twice in I one day, it. and and I was just just as happy and sort of immersed and oh, just transported the second time as much as I was the first time.
1: That's wonderful. It was just brilliant. That's wonderful. <laughs> It's a fucking great film. And I look uh, yeah, everything, yeah. The fact that it's also a huge fucking box office success mm. is like, uh, answers every question exactly you may have. Exactly. You know what I mean? What is the film you most relate to, Andy Osho?
2: See, now, we're not talking about as in um, a character because I don't feel like there's any specific Fambit. character. Well, for me, I, probably for me, it's The Matrix because... I like, I like the way you're thinking, Neo. <laughs> this isn't all there mm. is, is there? <laughs>
1: well, you are Neo.
2: Well, not not quite. I mean, I, I, I like to think that I would be Niobe, but um, I, I think I'm probably Cypher, you know, the one that wants to get put back into the Matrix. Um, <laughs> you know, ma- make me something important. Like an actor. <laughs> no.
1: You're on Live at the Apollo thinking, <laughs> yeah. is this it? Yeah. There must be. Yeah, exactly. I love it.
2: Exactly. Follow the white oh, rabbit. Fuck it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate.
2: I'm one of the few people that really love all three films. I mean, two, not so much. But like, I love them all. <laughs> Four we don't talk about, but I love them all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Four is fascinating. Four I watched recently and was like, what? What a, wow. It, in what way? Yeah. What were, your, what were Just you Just in like, uh, it, in terms of, it's so crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, as in, it's such a crazy starting point And the... the yeah. All the meta. It's all very meta. All the Warner Brothers talk within it. No, well done. It's great. Good luck to them all. Well done.
2: (laughs) Good, good work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: It's interesting. I did think. Well, it's something you made some choices. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely not what I was expecting. No. (laughs) Something's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. What about sexiest? What's the sexiest film you've ever seen, Andy O'Shea?
2: So I took this to be. Not as in sex, but sexy. So out of sight.
1: Ah, fucking correct answer. One hundred percent correct answer.
2: Yeah, I I think that is like that's the goal. If if actors are looking for on screen chemistry, Mm. head there. (laughs) And if you even get get (laughs) halfway, yeah. It's just, I yeah. mean, obviously the filmmaking, uh, you know, because uh, the, the, the mood of that movie is just yeah. obviously lends itself to making it sexy. But those two actors in that situation, perfect.
1: Those two, the lighting and the soundtrack.
2: Mm, agreed.
1: And uh, it's just fucking, yeah, it's really hot. Yeah, what yeah. a hot film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the show, there's a, um,
2: mm. it's
1: a subcategory. Now we're at the intellectual section of the show. Ah. Um, troubling boners, worrying <laughs> wide ons. Uh, a film you found arousing that you weren't sure that you should
2: yeah I mean I want to I want to help out with this one I want to yeah. be a useful Thank contributor <laughs> but there's sure. nothing I, I, I think that I have a, a response to the things that are meant do you know what I mean like there's nothing right you've got no yeah I don't watch The Rescuers and feel anything <laughs> is right. basically what I'm saying yeah
1: you're saying never had a worrying why do all the why do were pure <laughs>
2: Yeah, they were the source material was appropriate to the response. (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
1: (laughs) That's what you're sticking with. Okay. Okay. So rescue is down under nothing. (laughs) Nothing. No. Nothing.
2: (laughs) Nothing. I couldn't even think because you know, I mean guys have got Jessica Rabbit and I and I and I kinda get Mm -hmm. that. Do you know what I mean? But like there isn't there isn't an equivalent for women. That you, or for you know, for a straight woman, there's not a, there's not a. I don't know there's what. He man, Hercules. No.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. What is objectively,
2: yes, objectively, objectively,
1: of course, the greatest film of all time? So Might not it? be your favourite.
2: No, it's not. And no. I've only watched it the once. But I'm going to say the Godfather two. Okay. Yeah.
1: Why? Why are you throwing that out?
2: Well. I just remember finishing that film. It's just like, wow, that had subtitles and I really enjoyed it. That must be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I watched, I went through this De Niro phase and so obviously that was Mm. essential viewing. But um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get on with the old, you know, cotton wool in the mouth and the godfather thingy that really took me out of it but godfather 2 was kind of it just had every element of storytelling but also performance in there that you that you would want Mm. and i felt like but 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 weirdly i didn't want to watch it again and that's that's often the way isn't it with the really great films is like you like citizen kane I, i i we watched at college and have never felt inclined to revisit it
1: yeah that's interesting
2: Casablanca saw it again. We watched it at college. It's like, that was great. But I will watch, <laughs> you know, Shawshank Redemption 10 times before I will ever watch that again.
1: <laughs> I think it's usually like long depressing ones that I think, yeah, we did that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we made it. At some point, yeah. there were two sets of footprints in the sand. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> What is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again
2: oh that's easy that's aliens
1: ah nice answer that hasn't come up in a very long time oh wow yeah you're right at school everyone was watching aliens all the time
2: uh, well i didn't again it's kind of horror essentially so i i I couldn't have but when i was doing my um i did an hnd and like pro tv and film and stuff and um the lecturer had us watch aliens or maybe alien anyway i was hooked it's like, I don't know why, this is a perfect storm for me. This is everything. Yeah. I got Marines, there's jokes, <laughs> there's guns, aliens. Uh, it was brilliant. I just, uh, and, and I kind of almost prefer aliens to alien. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, a James Cameron fan, I guess. And so, yeah, I've watched that so many times. I mean, literally, like, it would be a ritual. Um, I'd go out on a Saturday night with my mates and then we'd go around his house and then we, on the Sunday, would, probably watching the terminator 2 most likely aliens and be mumbling incorrectly usually <laughs> the, their lines <laughs> along with them which i just love it
1: that's great that's great do you like your way of water are you happy with your way of water james cameron fan
2: yeah um i yeah i thought i thought it was all right actually i i i didn't mind it at all i mean i don't think avatar avatar's not Put the that one on the for me <laughs>
1: I didn't mind it at
2: all. <laughs> Many stars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Some stars. It's
2: not my favourite of his stuff. I, I really like Titanic. I think that's great. Mm. I like Aliens and T2. Terminator a bit, but Terminator feels very much like Alien in the sense of it's yeah. quite spare. Whereas, you know, obviously um, Terminator 2 is all gunsy. Right? Much more
1: gunsy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is
2: that
1: a word? It is there. Yeah. It's very gunsy, actually. <laughs> My weekend. Um, we don't like to be negative, Andy. No, all the I know. After all, all the spiritual work we've done. I know. But here we are. What's the worst film you ever saw?
2: I mean, it, there's, there is every possibility, because I only watched it once. There is every possibility that it's not as bad as I thought it was at the time. But there's a film called The Other Sister where it's, it's I think it's sort of like maybe early 90s or late 80s. And it's... Uh, Oh, what's the actor's name? Giovanni Rabisi and uh, Juliet. Ravinci. Yeah, and Juliet Lewis. And they're yes. playing two people who fall in love, but they have learning difficulties. And okay. so there's there's the issue for me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And it's directed by Gary Marshall? Yes,
2: mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. That's pretty so they, woman, they right? both
1: have learning difficulties in it.
2: Yeah. Gary uh, and, right. And, and actually, I watched the trailer recently to just because I was like, was it as offensive that as I yeah <laughs> and um the joke wasn't on them. They weren't like right. ha 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 look at learning people with learning disabilities. But still to see two actors perform that, it was <laughs> was tricky. <laughs> like it wouldn't be done now. Yes. But you have to sort of, I guess, give a little bit of latitude for what happened. Then, not to say that it's okay, but, like, it was a different time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What's the film? Mm. Hang on. You used to be in comedy. You were a brilliant comedian, one of the greats. You remain as funny as ever. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Might not be the funniest, but made you laugh the most.
2: Made me laugh the most. I think it's probably apparently um, it's probably not, not apparently i get that it's problematic for some folks now uh trading places ha
1: yeah ha <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> why so ha ah. why funny or why problematic yeah why is that
1: why, why, i know why it's problematic
2: why? Right. um oh man i just uh, the all the performances it, 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 it's 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 hmm. definitely that's that's it that's what it is is what it is eddie murphy at the top of his game but also that pairing with Dan Aykroyd is is perfect yeah. because him playing that sort of uptight privileged, it's, So he has an ex- existential crisis essentially, a sort of a Buzz Lightyear realization. Oh, that's who I am, sort of thing. But yeah, the 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 combination of them and the the sort of skewering of that world is really really well done. And you can feel well. I hope that it's. I hope that it was as fun to film as it seems to have been. And like you know what I mean. Like that it was alive. It was yeah. crackling with like you feel like you know the actors had latitude to sort of riff and and find stuff. Um, but again, it's one of those films, and I, and I sort of wish we had more films like that, but we don't seem to. But like films that are really quotable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like we used to quote like Trading plate, like yeah. As like, yeah. <laughs> 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 we just go yeah, Um and. um yeah, we, we don't really have films like that anymore. So that's another thing that's like re- a real sort of gem about it is that like, ah, just these, yeah, m- yeah. these moments that, you, that, that are just like cultural currency. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's
1: because everything's so spread out now or because we don't, haven't had a big, broad mainstream comedy in the cinemas.
2: I think that cult- because culturally we've moved and uh, moved on, and things are a bit more subtle now, and because of the way that stuff gets, lines get delivered, just not to be simplistic about it, but like it doesn't lend itself to being quotable. I feel like The Matrix was probably the last sort of great quotable film, um, um. which would have been what is that, 99 that came out
1: so fuck yeah yeah
2: we, we we're just it's a different era a bit of, a, of subtlety and and more nuance so it doesn't sort of lend itself to eat that or whatever or you know <laughs> all, all the things that people the things that people say in films
1: basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah interesting and your show
2: yes my head.
1: <laughs> you've been beyond a delight however when you were getting ready to go out mm-hmm. silently as Mr. Bean as you could be, you tripped over, you spilled a glass, a glass of water onto your desk, it rolled off the desk in a sort of cascade waterfall, you went to catch it, as you went to catch it, you reached under, near the plug socket, where the water landed, as you caught the glass, you went, I've caught it, and then your finger caught the end of the electric socket, and you were electrocuted, you were electrocuted, but that wasn't enough for you. So you pulled your hand away and you were like, oh God, I'm alive. And then you fell backwards down the stairs. Oh my God,
2: and, that sounds like me. And then
1: you, and then you got to the bottom of the stairs and you weren't dead yet, but you were very injured and you managed to crawl out the door into the road and your dog ran past and you called your dog's name, but your dog thought it was a different name and ran straight past. And then you were hit by a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's just a shame. I was walking around with a coffin. and you know what I'm like, I see this bus go past with you on the front of me. And I go, who's oh, that? That's Andy Osho. So I sort of run to the next stop. And I go, sorry, it's a bus driver. You've got Andy Osho on the front of your bus. <laughs> and I peel you off. It's a state. Oh. You're all burned and smashed up. And I haven't got the dimensions of it right. So I say to the bus driver, have you got um, one of them, like, fire axes? And he goes, yeah, yeah. They're sort of chopping you up, chopping up. Mm. People on the bus are screaming. I go, it's <laughs> all right. I know her. I'm chopping you up, <laughs> chopping you up. <laughs> and, uh. Put all of you in the coffin, but there's more than I was expecting and yeah. this coffin is absolutely rammed. That's holiday way. There's only weight. enough room. <laughs> it's, it's not you, it's the stuff oh. you've accumulated uh, on your fall down the stairs right, and, okay. in the streets and the bus. Uh, yeah. You've got bits of metal. Okay. Anyway, there's only enough room in this coffin for me to slide one DVD yeah. into the yeah. side. For you to take across to the other side. Every night is movie night. Mm. What film are you taking to show Pasta Puppies <gasps> when it is your movie night? Puppies! is Andy Osho? The Truman Show. Incredible.
2: Yeah, man. Because, as well, yes. we can mm-hmm. all laugh about how we know that this is all just a construct, but we're watching this movie about how it's all a construct on the other side of the construct. Yeah, that's what we
1: do. You are you are Neo. There you
2: go.
1: <laughs> Andy Osho, is there anything you'd like to tell people to listen to, look out for, read? Read. Coming up.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, thanks. I'm um, sure. I have um a new book out. So I have a new book out called Tough Crowd, which is out in the summer, but it's available to pre-order. Yes, it is. Um, uh, and it's um a rom-com, I guess. Yeah, a rom-com about um, uh, a comedian who, uh, she's a sort of aspiring open mic comedian uh, and she meets a guy, but it it turns out he has kids and that turns out to be the tough crowd. Yeah. So it's mm. it's kind of like, it's a bit, like obviously it's drawing on my experience from being a comedian, but it's kind of of a little bit of a farewell, farewell for now (laughs) to, to comedy, but... But also about, you know, the experience of dating somebody who's got kids. That's a whole, that's a whole thing.
1: Have you sold the film rights to this yet?
2: <laughs> I have not.
1: <laughs> Working on okay, it. Okay, let's, let's get that done. Yeah, cool. Uh, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a great book and a great film. Oh, thanks, Andy And your show. God, I like you. Oh, thank you very much for this. This has been wonderful.
2: Oh, thank yeah. you. It's been a pleasure.
1: Have a lovely death. <laughs> Good day to you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Goodbye. So that was episode 242. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra chat, secrets, videos and uncut episode with Andy Osho. Watch Ted Lasso and Shrinking on Apple TV Plus and go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating but write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's a lovely thing to read, makes my neighbour Maureen cry. Everyone loves it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Andy for doing the show and for being so open. Go watch her shows, read her books, do everything you can. Thanks to Scrubius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. At least Leiden for the photography. Come and join me next week for a brilliant episode with Mr. Adam Scott from Severance and Step Brothers. That guy. Amazing. So that is it for now. I hope you're all well. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other.